looked at myself and I thought, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am rich, I am that bitch. Welcome to Pretty Intuitive Podcast, an intentional space that uplifts BIPOC and LGBTQ plus voices and spirituality while delving into the reality and magic of spiritual practices to provide a grounded insight to all things woo-woo. I'm your host, Maggie Oreo, an empowerment mentor and creative intuitive that helps humans unleash the fear warrior within, propelling them to live their most authentic life. Welcome. I don't need no one. I'm independent on my own. Hi. Welcome back to Pretty Intuitive Podcast. I'm your host, Nike. And today we're going to talk about being uncomfortable and how it's okay to be uncomfortable. If anything, it's even necessary if we want to move forward as individuals and as a collective. The inspiration for this topic that will be channeled out messages as well is from a clubhouse room that I literally just left a few minutes ago, where we were talking about the impact of racism, systematic racism, and how it bleeds into the things and perceptions that we do in our everyday life, and also impact versus intent, and how especially allies to BIPOC or even allies in general to different marginalized groups may have a certain intent or intentions. However, the impact is not aligned and it ends up harming the marginalized groups. And so this is something that's really interesting because I think a norm in the spiritual community is like, well, it's all about your intention. And it is all about your intention. However, how do we take responsibility and accountability for an impact that we may have that may not really support or uphold, uplift other people who it affects? And this is something that I actually struggle with myself because I do know as someone who is intuitive, who surrounds myself with other intuitives and collaborates with other intuitives in a really white space. Um, I think that I am in more white spaces in spirituality and in my life in general, not necessarily on purpose, but I think it's definitely a part of my purpose. And um, it is something that I have to navigate. And there's definitely is this element of, well, my intent is this, yet they don't realize how harmful their impact was on me. And it's also one of those things where you can't really show someone something if they don't, if they're not ready to open their eyes to it in the first place. And some of us are so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Some of us are so hesitant to show this vulnerability of ignorance or not knowing the right thing to say, do, or think. However, that creates kind of this tension of not even being open to reconsidering your positions and your understandings and really taking a look at yourself and your programming, especially when it comes to race and racism in the United States 
and in spirituality, especially with the guise of spirituality, which is light and love, light and love, light and love. What about shadow and death? And when I say shadow and death, I mean literally allowing things that do not serve us to die off, literally allowing these programmings that are meant to keep us apart to disintegrate. We don't talk enough about it. And you know, one of the biggest things, one of the hardest things that we have to do in our shadow work if we really want to propel our healing is to really take a look in the mirror and really see ourselves for who we are, good and bad. We all have programming. It was so interesting. Someone brought up a really good point and I know I'm talking about race and racism, but honestly, this can apply to any type of oppression or just moralization or even outside of that and just your own empowerment and your own inner embodiment. Specifically, we were talking about anti-Blackness and how it shows up so much in society and in individuals who don't even know that they're showing anti-Blackness. An example of this is um, you may be in a situation, this has happened to me multiple of times, where I'm talking in a group and a white friend of mine feels the need to explain what I'm saying without even letting other people process what I'm saying in the first place. Happens all the time. Um, I'm, I'm almost used to it. I almost laugh it off. But even looking into that, that's a part of my own programming, right? Did you know that Black people can be anti-Black? It is most certainly possible because of programming. Especially when you've been conditioned in a society to look at your Blackness as something that's ugly, that's not safe, that's not proper, that's not accepted, that is not right because it's not white. And a lot of other things um, in society can relate to this, being a part of the LGBTQ community, being a woman in a more patriarchal society being disabled in a more able body prone society. There's so many elements to this, but everyone can have an internalized version of themselves that they hate. We can understand this with even just self-worth. And that has nothing to do with the skin that we're in necessarily. It has nothing to do with outside perceptions. That's just within. So imagine if you have to couple and you have to double down on that, right? And so it's one of those things that you can be anti yourself. And that's a part of programming that we have to break free from and we have to empower. And so what is the key to that? It's really taking a strong look at ourselves and literally peering into the depths of our soul and saying, hey, what is me? What is pure love? And what is the things that I have been conditioned to think that have been embodied into me since birth through my parents, through my environment, through the schools, through my teachers, through my own experiences where I have had a lens that is not rooted in 
love and understanding? Where do I have my own privilege in this earth? What about my reality is extremely sheltered that it does not intersect with the realities of others? And that's a really hard thing to do because we all understand that we have had pain in our life and difficulties. However, you need to ask yourself, do I have this pain because it is a part of this human experience and more so the experience of being a soul in a human body? Or do I have this pain because of what I look like, the color of my skin, the ability of my body, the thing that I was born with that I cannot reject because it is literally a part of me. It shows up when I do. I'm in grad school right now for um, special education. I'm studying special education. Um, and in special education, it's just education in general, the school systems, why we teach the kids the things that we teach um, about curriculum and how it's embedded, about district work, um, about the government and how it works and propelling the schools and giving them money and all that jazz, right? The first thing that we had to do in my grad program is we had to write a positionality statement. And you really had to be honest with your positionality in society. You had to write all the things that you identified with and how were they were positioned in society. And then you had to take an extreme look at that and see what biases came from your position. Because I'm sorry, but everyone's going to have biases. No matter how much we think we've done the work, we're always going to have some sort of bias. And the first step in order to combat our programming is to examine our biases and acknowledge them. Even in just spiritual concepts in general, worthiness, being able to receive, being able to give, boundary work. You need to acknowledge your biases. If you have, if you want to work on your self-work, your self-worth, you need to acknowledge what biases you have about self-worth or like what, what self-worth looks like. Who deserves self-worth? Why don't you feel worthy? There's a bias that you have within that self. And so that's what happens with all these other things that are embedded and our programming and so understanding your positionality first being really honest with it I'm privileged because growing up I had financial privilege I never had to worry about having a meal I'm privileged because I'm able-bodied I'm privileged because I have access to health care I also know that I have struggled as a human, right? I have had self-confidence issues. I've had self-worth issues. I've sometimes felt really just dispowered. I've felt like I haven't had strong boundaries. 
And then I do have the issue of being a Black woman in America, being looked at as Black and the assumptions being made of me immediately, being called angry when I'm just expressing myself, being called emotional when I show any emotion, being compared to my white counterparts, being called ape, being called darky, being called the N-word. And that has to do with my skin tone. And the impact that it has has to do with my skin tone because it has such a historical context that cannot be ignored, that is embodied in my being from my ancestors, that extends far beyond me because this has been going on for centuries. And what biases did I have about that? I used to pray to God, why me? Not why me do I have low confidence or not why me do I not have a lot of friends, but why me do I garret so much hate for the color of my skin by people who don't even know me? You know how old I was? Four years old. That was a bias that started, and that was a conditioning that started just from outside influences, not even from the home. So imagine the people who also have a bias that is connected to the impact on me looking at the color of my skin and having an immediate bias, also part of their conditioning. And then it just creates more trauma and hurt and pain and guilt. Because you know why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism? Guilt, shame, uncomfortability. No matter what, on what, part of the spectrum they are. You either have what you either have people who say it doesn't exist at all. Well, I cannot be privileged because I don't have money. You're right, you're not financially privileged. But the reason that you don't have money isn't because of your skin tone. And then you have the other side of the spectrum of white people who really want to be an ally. However, they end up hurting their BIPOC counterparts because they are so uncomfortable with the thought of even perpetuating any white supremacy that you can tell they're holding that space instead of holding the space for BIPOC to feel heard without having to worry about white feelings. Because let's be honest, whoever worried about BIPOC feelings, like actually tap in and think, whoever did. Because this past week, a 16-year-old got shot four times in the chest. 
but nobody stopped to think how does that affect black women who saw themselves in that in that little girl nobody reached out And so it's this understanding that our positionality actually is really, really important. And it's really uncomfortable to get into alignment with authenticity if we cannot acknowledge our positionality, if we cannot acknowledge where we stand in society and how close we are to white supremacy. And even within the spiritual community, because the spiritual community has done a really good job of saying, we'll light and love. Don't worry about that. That's 3D stuff. Say that to my ancestors who were ripped from their traditions that were so connected and rooted to Mother Earth. that people saw and were scared of the potent power. Imagine if everyone was able to tap into that power. Wouldn't we all be free? Being uncomfortable is a choice for some. And that is where you show your privilege. But for others, they have been uncomfortable ever since they've been incarnated into this lifetime. And they continue not to have the choice. Because this is an intersectionality between real life issues and spirituality, this is another lens and perspective. Racism is a trauma that often isn't spoken of as trauma. And it is a trauma that cannot be healed in this lifetime. Like my lifetime, I'm in my 20s. (laughs) I know that by the time I pass, and I leave this earth, that racism will not be over. It won't be finished. It won't be done. There's always going to be a glimmer of it. Um, I know this because through my grandmother's lifetime and my mother's lifetime and now my lifetime, the same cycle keeps happening. It just has a different font and color. It's in a different package, but it's the same cycle that's happening. And so it's one of those things where you have to confront a trauma that you know will never fully go away. You can heal aspects of this trauma, but you do know that at some level, you're going to be uncomfortable with it. And many of us can just relate to this in in other traumas, right? But this trauma really 
affects like a collective of people. You could do the individual work, but you also know that your neighbor, your sibling, your brother or sister, your friend, an acquaintance, someone down the street, someone you see on TV will be affected by the issue still, unless you completely just ignore it. But how are you connecting to being a human by ignoring the experiences of other humans? You see, if we weren't supposed to tune into these realities, then we would not be here as a human. What would, what would be the point? If we're supposed to transcend humanity and being a human, why are we here? To confront it, that's the hard work, that's the shadow work, that is a part of your dharma. To confront it. To be uncomfortable, to have those uncomfortable conversations, to be willing to be vulnerable enough to see where you have your biases, where you may have been wrong, even if your intentions were not to be harmful. That's where the disalignment is coming in. There's not an equal energy exchange between BIPOC and non-BIPOC when it comes to pain and healing. There's just not. When it comes to understanding and holding space, Oftentimes I find myself in spaces that the intent was to hold space for my voice, but I end up coddling that space. And that's energetically exhausting. And that's a boundary that I have set that I will no longer do and accept in my life. And so that's why I've created this energy right now, this understanding this space to talk about this. And I'm not even interested in any approval or agreements, right? You can completely disagree and that's fine. However, it's still uncomfortable to hear, right? It's uncomfortable for me to say, but it has to be acknowledged because it's a part of my reality. It's a part of my humanness. It's a part of why I came here to do this work. It's something that my ancestors have propelled me into. And this empowerment of knowing that and also wanting to hold space for myself is truly being authentic to my soul. And so I just wanted to thank you for also holding the space with me. And I also want to encourage you to really tap in and see what comes up for you. See what's uncomfortable. See what feels comfortable. And see what intuitively flows out. Because we all need to just process all of this. None of us is inherently bad right we're just humans and again it's the programming and it's really hard to deprogram and it's really uncomfortable 
and it can feel defensive when we do notice these things about ourselves that are just so embedded. But the first step is just acknowledging it. And honestly, that is a huge step that should be applauded. So I just thank you. Until next time, stay pretty intuitive. Thank you so much for listening and co-creating in this intentional space. If you would like to support the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Special thanks to Cutter for allowing us to use this I Am remix on the podcast.